the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. London International Shipping Week is upon us, and before you take to Twitter with snarky comments about such Eurocentric anachronisms and more Brexit-based abuse, let me at least make a case for the international part of that title. Yes, London is the venue, and no, we will not be able to avoid all of the tedious domestic marketing plugs. However, I have seen the schedule, I have talked to many of those involved, and I'm prepared to say that the agenda is a significantly important one, worthy of your attention wherever you may be listening from. Shipping is facing an unprecedented convergence of risks, to a lesser extent opportunities, I guess. But beyond Brexit, very few of them, I would argue, are geographically specific. So when it comes to the industry convening in London on Monday to kick off a week of deliberation, debate and uh, the occasional alcohol-fueled discussion over a canapé or three, I'm counting on the fact that the meaty stuff will be global, not domestic. Joining me to offer a quick curtain raiser on the issues that matter, I'm delighted to say that we have the scrubber sceptic himself, Mr Paddy Rogers, ex-Euronav chief, current head of the London Maritime Museum and our host for the centrepiece of the London International Shipping Week conference. Welcome to the podcast, Paddy. Hi, Richard. Thanks very much for having me. Um, so give me, give me a view of what's important and what's happening this week and why you think the international shipping industry should be looking at what's happening in London. Well, you know, I, first of all, you've set me up wonderfully for my first advert, which is, of course, if you come to Royal Museums Greenwich, which includes the National Maritime Museum, as well as the Royal Observatory, the Cutty Sark and the Queen's House, you will, of course, get a huge view into an international world in which we're all connected by the sea. And I think that really segues into London International Shipping Week in the sense of... And the rampant marketing, of course, that's going to go along the star, with it. <laughs> the star of the show, is, of course, is, is, is the point that it's uh, Shipping Week, that we're going, we're, you know, we're based in London, but we're we're a centre for international trade, both in commodities as well as in shipping and insurances. And of course, we've been a bastion legally. And uh, it's we're all connected. And the people who come will not just be from London or from the UK. And we will be talking about our connections. The road that joined us is the sea and seafaring. And I think that um, the trade that we do in it is under a host of challenges which we need to have a very serious discussion about. And Mm. I think it's really important that we start to graduate from sales opportunities at these conferences, whether it's for London or for Oslo or for Singapore or wherever, uh, and focus much more on the fact that we need to have serious conversations which take us somewhere in terms of thought development. I think that's the thing. I mean, there is this um, rolling calendar of events now internationally from Singapore to London to Oslo, Posidonia. You know, there, there is an established um, rhythm, I guess, to these discussions. And as you say, they have previously been part sales opportunity, part marketing. But I've noticed over the last couple of years, at least, that the discussions are becoming more substantive. This is an international industry. It is a people-driven industry. And having those waypoints throughout the year to have proper discussions... I think has some value. So I'm, I'm, I'm at least optimistic that this week will provide some answers. But my God, we have a few questions to answer. We've everything from digitalization and uh, shifting trade patterns down to the immediate uh, Brexit fueled debates and uh, the, uh, the, the security issues we've got in the Middle East Gulf. There's certainly no shortage of topics for you to choose at this week's uh, conferences. That's absolutely right. And, and I think the just uh, running through them, as you've just done now, is, is uh, it's quite quick to re- you, you quite quickly realise that we're not talking about the normal dynamic. 
which was always, where are we on uh, global growth? Uh, what impact will global growth or recession have on uh, trade flows? Uh, how many ships will be required? How big's the world fleet? And how much capacity is there at the shipyard? Mm. I mean, this was the standard conversation of um, the shipping mogul, uh, probably since the end of the Second World War, broadly speaking. And of course, we always had the added political spice that you could have the Saudis controlling uh, flows of oil, you could have Suez Canal potentially closed. But this was pretty much, you put everything on the table then that we talk about in shipping. Far from it this time. So this time, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. And so I think that the impact on that much talked about subject, big data, and at the moment, the shipping industry sees it as something that it might be able to mobilize uh, to its benefit, but it definitely has some threats and could reduce trade flows as inventories mm. become very visible around the world. And so there's less panic movement. Um, we talk a lot about autonomous ships. What does that mean for our seafarers? What does it mean for the management of risk? We're not sure. And we need to have a non-sales-based jo- uh, discussion around that. Otherwise, the journey could be very, very rough indeed. Uh, politics is crazily complicated. And I think that it's very important when talking about the complication of politics that we don't start to take sides. We're business people. Let we know there are plenty of people out there who will advocate for or leaving the European Union. There are plenty of people who will advocate for whether or not there should be a trade war, whether there should be increased globalization. Be that as it may, can we just treat these things as events that are happening in our lifetimes and that we have to work our way through? And then we might actually seek in putting a bit more light on it and a little less friction. And I think that's what we're trying to bring. Can we bring a degree of reflection and maturity to the discussion to find a way forward? Uh, finding a degree of uh, reflection and maturity in the Brexit debate in the UK right now is going to be a tricky ask at the best of times. But, um, you know, let's be honest, this is going to feature fairly heavily, I think, this week in terms of the debate. Do you are you, are you confident that it's not going to derail some of the discussions? Because I can't help thinking that the evaporation of the UK fleet, uh, the implications for UK ports, and you know many of the live trade discussions that are scheduled for this week are going to be coloured uh, implicitly or explicitly by Brexit and whatever happens to be happening by next week, which God only knows what will be happening by next week because it seemed to change on a 24-hour basis. And this is the concern that we might get wrapped up in the immediate politics of Brexit. Yes, I, I think the, um, there's, there's no question that there are urgent issues um, which absorbed all of our time. But, you know, the problem with the three-year discussion since the referendum over Brexit has been the fact that really there's been a lack of attention to getting on with business uh, in Britain. So um, lots of areas of society feel under stress because uh, the government and the main movers um, for um, fiscal spending have actually been focused on one discussion only. So we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. And I think as business people, we don't have a mandate uh, to represent the people. Uh, but we do have an obligation if we want to preserve uh, wealth, status and opportunity um, that we take a longer look. Uh, and that, yes, by all means, uh, pre-stock um, whatever it is that you think is important, water, toilet rolls, bananas, whatever, um, that you might want to think about how you're going to secure uh, the rights of employees that you depend on that work in the UK. Um, and you might be worried about satellite offices elsewhere in the world or how people will come and go. 
But you can't just spend every day and every hour agonising over a problem, albeit real, over which you have little control. You do need to say, however bad it is, it will settle down. And when it settles down, what do I think is the most likely outcome and where do I think the opportunities will be? And then I think that people can get a little bit more, I wouldn't call it optimistic because um, it's just, you know, there's this great debate recently about who lives longer, optimists and pessimists. And, and, And the one sure thing is that you can't define optimism, pessimism, unless you've actually had serious, personal, realistic reflection. And I don't think we're at the stage of having the personal, realistic reflection on the facts of the matter to decide whether our outlook is sunny or whether it's doom laden. So uh, all I want to say is let's not get caught up in the rights and wrongs of the immediate situation. Let's try and look beyond. We know that Britain will do a lot of trade. We know that trade will be seaborne. We know that we have huge um, capacity to deliver services from London. How are we going to secure that future six months, 12 months, two years, three years from now? And if we focus on that, I'm sure it will help us to deal with the short term because we'll know in the long term what the direction is. Mm. You know, of course, the industry has not been unaware this has been coming. And frankly, uh, you know, nobody in the shipping industry should be approaching Brexit with anything other than having finished their planning some time ago. God forbid that the shipping industry would leave until the last minute a deadline to deal with something as significant as Brexit. Uh, so let's move on to uh, emissions. And, um, you know, that's going to be uh, part of the debate, surely. 2020 coming up. Um, yes. Decarbonisation more widely. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's also going to be colouring some of the debate, I would say. Yeah, well, I, again, not wishing to make too much of advertisements, but as the manager of only one ship now instead of a fleet of 75, <laughs> I can assure you that the Cutty Sark is uh, not only a good uh, viable business enterprise, but also uh, carbon-free in no its propulsion the system. That you'll be fitting a scrubber on the Cutty Sark imminently. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Um, look, at the, scrubber, at the scrubber point, yes, 2020 is important. And uh, we've always said that it was a disruptive event because it was a sudden change. And it was one that was brought in without any graduation um, or gradation, rather. So it, it is a sort of cliff vesting moment for a change in fuels. And that has its own problems. But don't forget 2030 and 2050. We are on a path uh, where we are increasingly going to use cost of fuels or cost of emissions associated with fuels as a way of decreasing the uh, environmental damage done by emissions from different forms of propulsion. We have those commitments. Um, We've got to get on with finding solutions to them. And we can't do it fast enough. And I think that this is another opportunity uh, to be talking very seriously about what the alternatives are. And, um, uh, you know, it will, it, there will be myriad um, solutions. I, I joked about the Cutty Sark earlier on, but it's a very clear thing that when uh, she was built, uh, steam power was already in, um, but there was still good money to be made from sailing. Um, eventually, of course, her time passed with the opening of the Suez Canal and with increasing uh, widespread availability of coal and clean water. So eventually her time was up. But there was a transition period where two technologies sat alongside each other. And that wasn't short. That was a 70-year period, 80-year period. So I think that we'll see something similar coming, that there will be changes. Um, we will have to go to hybrid suboptimal solutions. Um, but it will require um, real action and a flexibility of thought. Mm. I, d- I don't disagree with you on that, but I would say there is a significant difference in this evolution in that one was a, a more organic market evolution from one technology to another, whereas this is a 
regulatory imposed shift over a much more concentrated time span. So the, the, the dynamics are different, but you know, bringing it back to the London Shipping Week discussion, that just makes much more clear in my mind the requirement for this to not just be a shipping discussion. And you know, the, the, the point that I was you know, alluding to at the outset was that we have this opportunity with London Shipping Week and the wider gamut of uh, international discussions that we have in the industry to make this less about the traditional dynamics of supply and demand that you know, have traditionally consumed these debates and more about how uh, government regulatory forces on an international and supranational level, uh, the commercial realities, the uh, the trade opportunities, and the uh, integrated logistics supply chain outside of shipping are engaged in this debate because there isn't a single aspect of what we will be talking about this week that isn't at some level nothing to do with shipping. And I think that's the sort of the shift psychologically that we need to make as an industry. We need to look outwards much more than we are right now. I think that's uh, very, very well, very well put. And of course, the, you know, from the program that's coming up, that there are a lot of really good quality focused events that will be looking at those major challenges. So if we said that this, the ambition of this week is to say, um, don't come to London so that we can tell you how wonderful London is uh, as a sales opportunity for London. But to say to the world of shipping, come to London, it's a place where you can have a serious debate um, with an openness of discussion, a frankness of, of, of uh, conversation, and uh, really the opportunity to get your teeth into asking the questions um, that you really need to have answered if you're going to find a way to future-proof your business. And that that means that we do need everybody from around the world to be here. We do need it to be a good, safe place for people to speak to each other. And we may need to make sure that the discussions are moderated in a way which enables them to be, you know, pertinent and brought to some form of conclusions. Well, we will hold you to that. <laughs> um, but for now, I'd say, uh, Paddy Rogers, thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's List podcast. Uh, we will be uh, producing a daily uh, podcast uh, during London Shipping Week, so uh, make sure you subscribe uh, via your normal podcast provider. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, and various other places. Um, but we will be issuing um, daily updates, and we'll have a London International Shipping Week page where all content on that page will be free for the week. So tune in and keep uh, keep your eyes on Lloyd's List. But for now, uh, we will be back to you tomorrow with another London Shipping Week podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs>